0: exchange for your life that's what God's word says and that's what I hold up and I say enemy you may be speaking words of death to me but I'm going to speak words of life because this is who he says I am and that changed my life so one day I was reading mark 11 some of you may be familiar with that my notes are flying everywhere mark 11 says um Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says." Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. There's a whole lot that God says about words. And if you noticed, there's a whole lot in Mark 11. So one day I was um, at church. We went to a really large church back in Texas. And one of the pastor's wives looked at my shoulder because in Texas it's always hot. So I had a sleeveless blouse on. And she noticed a mole on my shoulder. And she said, Jenny, you need to go have that looked at. She said, not only is it growing in size, it's oblong. It's, it's just a strange mole. And I said, okay. So I went home and I was praying. And this is the, the words of death that I heard from the enemy. That's a cancerous mole and your shoulder's going to fall off. That made me so angry. I was standing in the mirror one day and I was looking at that. And I thought, how dare you accuse me? I am a daughter of the king. Jesus lives in me. And this verse that I had memorized as a child just welled up inside of me, and I'm just speaking to the mirror, speaking to the enemy, really. For I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And Jesus doesn't have cancerous molds, and neither do I, so I curse you at the roots. <laughs> I was having my own church right there in my bathroom. And I remembered that a pastor had spoken at our church and had warts all over his face. And he had tried everything. And I had even remembered we had done that with our daughter years ago. We, you know, we did the Christian thing. We we put the medicine on, we went to the doctor, and then we prayed. (laughs) But her warts disappeared. Well, I remember this pastor talking about these warts on his face, how he cursed him at the roots and on the... On the seventh day, he started seeing them disappear. So I thought, well, in seven days, this mole is going to start disappearing. Well, it wasn't seven days. The third day, I looked in the mirror, and I started shouting and screaming and jumping, and I called Jeff, and I called the kids. I said, get in here and look. The mole had started dying on the outer edges because when something's cursed at the root, it shows first on the outer edges. So I, got, I had to get scissors, which is really gross, but I had to get scissors and start trimming it. Because it was dying, and on the seventh day, it just fell off. That is the authority in you, and you, and you, and you, and me. That's the authority that the centurion understand, and Jesus said, this is a man of great faith. Because he said to Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. Just what? Speak the word, and he'll be healed as I go. So one day, my daughter Julie, who lives in the Springs, called me in a panic, I was living in Texas at the time. She goes, Mom, it's snowing. I don't have my coat. It's in my car, and my key is stuck in my car. What am I going to do, Mom? And I had been studying about the power of words. I said, oh, that's simple. We're going to command that key to turn right now in Jesus' name. And you're going to get in your car, and you're going to drive home. She said, all right. I said, in Jesus' name, key, you have to turn right now. Boop. She goes, Mom, the key just turned, and it works. And after that, she went and got one of those little clicker things. She was done with the key thing. That that is the power of our words. I told you that words affected my life and I became a performer. I told you that I started um, jesting and it almost cost my marriage. My heart became very hard and I became very manipulative, very controlling. I did not know how to listen. Sometimes Jeff would just look at me and he'd say, would you just listen to me? I didn't understand in our early years of marriage the power of my words. I didn't understand that I was speaking death to him every time I said, well, you ought to just pray about it. He didn't want to hear that. He wanted me to just listen to him. And then whenever I felt like I needed to correct Jeff, I wouldn't correct him at home, which I shouldn't correct him anyway. I should go to the Father and let the Father teach me, give me words of love. But I didn't know anything about that. I would correct him in public. So I would jokingly say, yeah, well, if Jeff would just do this. Oh, yeah, isn't that funny? It wasn't funny. It almost cost our marriage. So one day I was in our little mobile home. This was before God parted the Red Sea and Jeff's resume was pulled out of the trash can. This was before I knew God would do miracles for me. I was in the mobile home, and I had t- uh, decided I'm leaving Jeff. So I decided, okay, so tomorrow morning I'm going to pack my bags, and I'm going to go to my mom's in San Angelo. Isn't that going to be fun? And I'm just, I'm not going to, this is not working. So I was lying there in bed, and I was so angry. And the Lord said, I want you to start praying for him. I'm like, I'm not praying for him. I can't stand his God. I'm not praying for him. The Lord said, I want you to start praying for him. He said, I want you to get up, and I want you to start doing warfare for your marriage. Start praying in other tongues. And I said, I don't know if I can do that. And it was the largest battle of my entire life. I could literally see the enemy standing at my window, and I could hear God calling me, calling me. Just just do what I'm asking you to do. So I got up, and I start praying in tongues, and all of a sudden, I hear as clear as I'm talking right now. Now, remember Jeff said, all I understood was the law. It was either right or wrong. It was my way or the highway, and I was very loud and controlling, manipulative, so, so all that God could talk to me was in a way I could understand, and these are the words he said. Jenny, if you will shut up, I will save your marriage. What do you mean? I literally had no clue that I was the person almost single-handedly destroying our marriage. It so took me aback. I just stopped and I said, what? And he said it again. He said, if you'll shut up, I'll save your marriage. I know that there's a scripture that says that the gentle and quiet spirit of a wife will win her husband. But God had to really get my attention. So I fell asleep that night. I said, before I fell asleep, I said, I'll take you up on that deal. The next morning, I said to God, okay, so I'm supposed to be quiet now. Okay, don't know how to do that. Okay, so I'll be quiet. A few minutes later, I said, so what can I say? He said, the only thing you can say is good words to Jeff, encouraging words. I said, well, I won't talk for about five years. (laughs) Because I couldn't see any good. That's how hardened my heart was. Because of the words that were spoken over me at six years old, I, as a child, like Jillian, I didn't learn to hear God's voice. I didn't know God spoke. I was so thankful I went to church and learned the value of the word of God, but I didn't know God really wanted a relationship with me. So through these years, my heart just got harder and harder. More fear, more performance, more fear, more performance. So I didn't even understand that there was good in Jeff. I couldn't see it. I was so blinded. So... I asked God I said okay I'm learning to hear your voice now Uh, what good thing does Jeff do he said well he goes to work and he comes home to you in your little mobile home making his and yours combined $10,000 a year but he comes home to you okay so I made a decision that day and that was the beginning of my journey Of my heart changing and Jeff will tell anybody to this day that he came in our little mobile home and it's like he could almost smell that the atmosphere had changed. He walked in and he thought something is so different. The difference was was now I was going to in all the ways I knew how to calling on my God to love him without conditions. To speak only good words God said to me, Jenny, he'll share his heart with you if you'll become a listener, if you'll give him words of grace, like Ephesians talks about. Two years later, Jeff shared his heart with me. But I learned so much in that two years, and from that point on, he's always been free to share his heart with me. And now we've learned different tools in marriage. Hey, I'm going to say something. Right wrong or indifferent is it all right if i share my heart sure and then sometimes i'm wanting to go sure just share your heart because he'll say things and i'm like there ain't no way that's gonna happen but i'll just listen you know and then vice versa he'll listen to me we don't have to always be right when we share our hearts with people that's one thing i've learned about this church and i love about this church family is that Everyone seems to really be family and want to be community and want to love one another with all of our stuff and with all of our junk. We just love one another, and I love that. That's one reason Jeff and I have just felt so loved here, and we, we just really appreciate the love that you show. We really feel like a family. That day when I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I... I want you to change my heart. The Lord said, I will. James 1, 19 and 20 says, Understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Let everyone be quick to hear. Be a careful and thoughtful listener. Slow to speak. A speaker of carefully chosen words and slow to anger. Patient, reflective, forgiving. For the resentful, deep-seated anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Fast forward through all these years of our marriage and God's working in my heart. He's showing me things, teaching me to become a good listener. I'm learning to hear his voice. I operated, you know, in the prophetic and things like that. In 2010, Jeff and I made a decision that we needed a sabbatical. He had been in pharmaceuticals for years. He'd been in ministry. And we had had 11 very intensive straight years of ministry uh, with not going into so many details, but some of it was that new life with the the shooting and all that that happened. A lot of it was just very intense. So in 2010, he said, I really need a, a sabbatical. And he said to Brady, "Uh, I I need a a sabbatical. And Brady said, how about three months? Jeff said, no, how about three years? So we prayed and we just felt like it was time to, to make a change. Jeff was starting to burn out instead of burn on. And that's not good. So we packed our bags, we went back to Texas. The interesting thing about going back to Texas was we owned a home in a community by a lake that we had built some pastor friends of ours had been living in it and renting it from us while we were in Colorado. So when we moved back, they were in the master bedroom, all their stuff was in the house, all their family and friends came over all the time and we said, you know what? They said, we wanna buy your house. We said, okay. So the interesting thing was is we moved into the spare bedroom of our own house. One day I went to a friend, I said, can I get counsel on this? Has anybody ever lived in the spare bedroom of their own house? So I'm in this tiny 10 by 12 bedroom now. And I'm feeling very, very isolated, very strange. It's a different place in my life. And all of a sudden I just start weeping. And I start having these panic attacks at night. And I said, God, what is going on? He said, well... First of all, you have no identity in whose you are. You have identity in what you do. Still, you have identity in titles and jobs. And now you're in the spare bedroom of my heart. He said, but sweetheart, no, he said, I'm in the spare bedroom of your heart. And sweetheart, I'd like to be in the master bedroom of your heart. And I'm going to take you on this journey, if you'll let me, and I'm going to teach you about my love for you as a daughter. And I just wept and wept. And I said, God, I want that. Because obviously I haven't gotten this thing yet about not performing anymore. So he said, you know that friend who gave you those Joseph Prince CDs? I said, who's Joseph Prince? I have no idea. He, he, He said, those Joseph Prince CDs, he's a minister from Singapore. I want you to listen to those CDs. I said, okay. What I did when I listened to those CDs was God showed me that all of a sudden he loved me unconditionally as a daughter no conditions on anything i had to do for him when i was in the church growing up as a little girl every sunday night we would have our little chart we would check off brought the bible memorize my scripture did all these things but we literally had a chart actually we didn't check it we had little gold stickers put the gold stickers. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I love that we read our Bibles and we encourage our kids and we reward them for memorizing the Word of God, but that's not who we are. But I had always associated that with, if I'm good enough, God's going to love me. If I do the right things, well, what are the right things? Who's to say, you know, if you go to this kind of movie, that's okay, but if you go to this kind of movie, that's not okay. If you eat this kind of food, it's good, but if you eat that kind of food, you know, who's... Whose chart do we live by? So the Lord began to have me listen to these CDs and understand his unconditional love for me and understand for the first time what righteousness was. I'm in right standing with God because of what Jesus did. It's so simple. I'd heard it all my life, but I finally got it. That went from my head to my heart. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So one day I was lying there listening to the CDs. Jeff came home, that little room, and he goes, oh, because I'm just bawling. He said, oh, you're listening to Joseph again, aren't you? I said, yes, I am. So he quietly left the room, and I'm just lying there, and I heard three words that changed my life forever. I love you. I can remember where it was that day it was and it changed my life forever it wasn't I love you because I love you if I love from that moment on all I've ever wanted to tell people is you can come boldly to God's throne as your daddy your Abba father he's waiting there with grace and mercy to help you in your time of need that's what the word says I want to read 1 John 4 10 in closing and before I read it I want to tell you something I have three grandchildren and one on the way and right now if Jaden or Jake or Riley Ann came running down that aisle what would I do let's see have you your room today? Have you called me lately? Have you? Y'all would think that's the most absurd thing in the whole world. They're coming here to see their Mimi. There is no way I would pull out a list. There is no way I would put any condition on them running boldly to me. And this is what I would do. Hold on. Why? Because they're mine. And yet we don't think our Heavenly Father would do the same thing. He doesn't have a list. He's not checking it to see if you've read your Bible this week, this year. You've gone to church. If you've tithed. If you've loved on somebody this week. If you've, He just loves you. And this is how Daddy's waiting for you. Come to me. Come to me. I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I want everybody to close your eyes. Anything that's on your heart right now, whether it be you're worried about your finances, you're worried about your family, you're worried about your future, maybe there's some devastating sickness in your life or your family's life, I want you just to see yourself putting that in your hands and giving it over to your heavenly daddy, your Abba. Abba means daddy, daddy. I'm giving this to you right now. I can't carry it anymore. The word says to cast or throw our cares on him because he cares for us. Did you know he's waiting there literally with his arms open wide just to hold you? just to say Isaiah 43 to you, you are mine. I love you. I have called you by your name. Before my mom passed away a year and a half ago, about two months before she passed away, none of us knew she was gonna die. I called her and we talked every Saturday. She said, Jenny, you make me feel like like I'm the best mom in the world. Every Mother's Day card, every birthday card, you were always telling me how amazing I am and how wonderful I am. And I said, Mom, you are the best mom in the whole world. Even though my mom never understood God's unconditional love for her, I did. And I understood it for me and I gave it away to her. You know, the Bible says that it's the gift of righteousness that we have, not the reward of righteousness. In Romans 5, I encourage you to study that. It talks about the free gift of righteousness. I'm going to read 1 John 4.10. Just close your eyes and listen to this. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice and the satisfying offering for our sins, fulfilling God's requirement for justice against sin and placating his wrath. 1 John four seventeen and 18 says, In this union and fellowship with him, love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face God. Because as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. Now I want you, as I finish reading this, I want you to picture yourself with God holding you as a son or a daughter, with all your stuff, with all your worries, with all your cares, with everything that's messed up. But I wanna finish reading this now. Dread does not exist. There's no fear in love. Just picture yourself with God holding you. But perfect, complete, full-grown love drives out fear because fear involves the expectation of divine punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love, has not grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love. We love because he first loved us. Father, I pray tonight, the Ephesians three prayer that Paul prayed, that is such a legal prayer, it's such a living and active prayer that every one of us in this room would be rooted and grounded in your love for us that we would know what is the width and length and depth and height of your love for us and the next verse says now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers hopes or dreams according to his power that is work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. God, we can ask boldly and expect you to do super abundantly when we understand love, when we're rooted and grounded in love, when we know what is the width and length and depth and height of your love for us as your kids. We can run boldly to your arms and there's no checklist. We can run boldly to you and you're gonna pick us up. Why? Because we are yours. Father, I pray today for a revelation that you would reveal to all of us in this room your amazing, unconditional love for us. And as we sing this song, from our mother's womb, you knew us. From my mother's womb, you called me by name. And there's no fear now because I'm a child of God. And if you want to during this song, if you just want to come up here, just spend some time at the altar, feel free. Or if you just want to stay where you are, if the altar's open just to come and say, God, change my thinking, change my heart. I don't want to be hard-hearted against my spouse anymore or my children. I want to speak words of grace to them. I don't want to be joking and hurt people anymore. I want to hear your words from me and give those words away. Or if you want prayer in a minute, there'll be some of us up here and we'll pray for you. And we'll expect God to do super abundantly all that we ask or think. In Jesus' name.